I had this experience also this week, Thursday. We were having this camp here for 23 kids, right? And uh, since you shared your personal moment, you know, I had this meeting with God also. Because they, they invited me, just come have lunch with us. You know, so it's like 23 kids that are in a place like, you know, foster system. You know, probably going from house to house, you know, and like feeling like they have nobody. Nobody really is there for them, you know. So I got into the room and they, Thursday, they did this thing that's like a, a happy birthday for everybody. You know, and then I think one kid asked, why are you doing a birthday party for me? Because I cannot be with you during your birthday. <laughs> You know, but we, we want to celebrate you, you know. And so I, I, I got into that room and they were like, people, you know, a DJ with, you know, the equipment, making dance and songs and all of that just to like somehow have those, those kids experience some care and love, you know. And I just got into that room and I started looking at each one of the kids and trying to tune into their emotions of being left, you know, without parents or without a good, you know, like, like you're saying, good parent material sometimes, you know, and sometimes they are better off not having, yeah. being at home, you know, but and I was just like, my God, how blessed we are, you know, and how blessed we have been, and, and but I, I just could not stop crying. You know, just because of the, 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 the love, number one, the love of all the volunteers there, people that flew from the mainland, just to be here for five days, just to love on those kids, you know, and then cleaning bathrooms, and you know, like we all did that, right? We did after school programs, we did, yes, we did, you know, but just to like, be there and be the love of God to somebody, you know. So, and then I, I just turned into everybody's emotions. I you know the people that were there to love the kids and the kids that were there receiving love as orphans sometimes could be, right? And then your story about Dalia adopting a dad, you know, and then that's what I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ephesians because Ephesians has been so real to me. And I was listening to that uh, Bible book by book yesterday on the book of Ephesians. And just says, maybe more important than memorizing 10 Psalms, you should memorize Ephesians 2 and 4, 1 to 16. Because, and, and I, I, I really encourage you to go take some time and read the whole book of Ephesians. Maybe picking different translations. Because a lot of times it's easy not to get the full impact. You know, and it's not a big book, it's six chapters only. But it is, I think it has so much there for us. And in the, the, 
key verses for me, and you guys are probably like tired, please don't read those again. But it is, God gave us apostles and prophets, He gave us gifts, he gave gifts to everybody. That's why I, I thought about that song. We can find gifts that we have forever ours. You know, we, we talked about this like a few weeks ago. Nobody's going to have to go up the mountain or across the ocean or, you know, because the word is in you, it's in your heart. We have this gift, and the gift that we have is the Holy Spirit. And the, the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of adoption. So think about that. Think, read, about, read the book of Ephesians and think about how we were left in the world without God. And, and just like these people came down, you know, to prepare this camp for these kids this last week, God found a way of including you and me into his family. And he found a way to, despite, you know, the hardships of life, you will know that I'm there for you. And I am always going to be there for you. So, I'm going to try to do a quick overview of Ephesians, okay? So I'm going to start with chapter 1. And this is beautiful. And there are like two prayers of Paul. Paul wrote this letter when he was in prison, before he was martyred. So he, he visited uh, Ephesus twice, and you can read that in Acts 18 and Acts 19. But then in prison, he wrote this letter, and some people believe that this letter was not only specifically for the church in Ephesus, but it was a letter that was copied and circulated to all the churches because the, the this letter, different than, you know, uh, Galatians or Philippians, is not dealing with local church problems. <laughs> you know, like some churches are like, oh, he says, he mentions names of people. You know, in, in, in Ephesians, there is no mention of anybody. So it's not necessarily dealing with what was only going on in Ephesus, but it was what was going on in all the churches. Another important thing also is that Ephesus was a very important commerce place with a big temple, a beautiful temple to the god Diana. So this is when you read that and talk about you are the temple of God, he's saying, don't look at that temple, that beautiful temple that everybody comes here to worship and to buy little idols and, and sell, you know, idols of this God, goddess to all over the world. You are the temple. Okay? So look at this. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. 
He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the, his kind intention which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the time, times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven, and things on earth. Oh man, like I, 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 I talked about a little bit of this last Saturday with Grace Church, and I said I wish we could just read the whole book together. <laughs> Chapter 2. Verse 8, 9, and 10, this is really important. For by his grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I, lo I love this because our culture is a lot based in performance. And we were talking about this before the service here it started. You know how we are, a lot, a lot of times we are more human doings than human beings. <laughs> you know, and we, we are, we need to do this and we need to do this. And, 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 and that's the danger that was, Paul was trying to address in this epistle, that don't get into this thing of you have to do this, or you have to do the other thing. That, that was almost in all other letters. He's like, be careful so that you don't start in the spirit and you try to complete in the, the flesh. You know, if you get circumcised, because that, that was what was going on in the churches. The churches were for the first 15 years, they were mostly Jews. Jews that continued to go to the temple, they continued to believe everything that they believed, but they believed in the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah, right? So nothing really changed for them, but what changed was when the Gentiles were included, were adopted also. Then the church started to become like a little uh, bouncing of cultures and opinions and ways of walking with God and ways of relating. And, and God, Paul was trying to say, don't stop being together because even if you're different, even if you worship different, even if you think different, you, you're supposed to be one. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Actually, you're going to grow by the participation of each joint. Every 
member is important, right? And then this is like, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which he, God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Verse 19. Oh no, we cannot go there. L listen to this. Verse 13. He's talking about you Gentiles that were uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, verse 11. Remember, verse 12, that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers of the to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's, that, that would be us. <laughs> without Christ, right? But now in Christ, Jesus, you who formerly were off, far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. There wasn't a real dividing wall. Actually, in the temple, there's a, the Gentile court. You know, the Gentiles could only go so far. And then the, the Jews could go closer to the temple. There was, a, a, actually, if you look at the, the drawings of the temple, there's a the Gentile court. You know, that even if you, you were willing to walk with the Lord, you know, you could not go all the way in. And Christ, he's saying, for he himself is our peace, our shalom, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, Thus establishing peace. 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of the God in the Spirit. And then verse 14, there's a prayer, the second prayer. There's one in uh, chapter 2 also, I think, yeah. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and that he would grant you, according to the riches of the, his glory, to be strengthened 
with power through his spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, again love, what like you're saying, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So here we get to, I think what really has been my focus of study. You know, we all have these gifts. Each one of us has a very unique gift. And without that unique gift, we are all incomplete. And, but a lot of times I don't know what my gift is. And I don't know how to put it to work and to, how to function in my gift. And a lot of times I, I, I may even think that my gift doesn't matter. You know, but what I, I'm reading here is that every gift matters. And every gift that God gave is to be put to common good. In Corinthians it says, every gift is for the common good. It's not just for you to have a gift, but it's for you to bless somebody and help somebody with that gift. And then he goes on here. Uh, verse 7, chapter 4, verse 7. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And then verse 11. Okay, so remember, we probably should memorize chapter 2 and verse, uh, chapter 4, 1 to 16. Verse 11. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And that's what we are striving to here by grace to enter into this. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So why is this important? 
because the churches were getting divided. You know? So let's say we walk, we, we drive around Maui, you know, and then you have like a Samoan church or a Micronesian church or a Hawaiian church and then a Holy church, right? And that's what was happening. It's like, hey, instead of you starting to be divided between Jews and Gentiles, you need to stay together. Even if you hold on to the unity of the spirit until you attain the unity of the faith, until you are able to relate better to each other. But hold on to the unity because there's only one Lord, one baptism, one, you know. But, so you, you shouldn't be one because it's only in the oneness that the body of Christ, the church, will actually grow. It doesn't matter if you are a slave or free, man or woman, you know, Jew or Gentile. You're all baptized, and the, the dividing wall has been removed. You know, so to me this is important because until this happens, I am still like a ch child being moved by winds and doctrines and teachings, you know, and we need this oneness and we need to be able to hold on to the unity of the spirit, even if we do not agree with each other, even if we have different opinions about everything, <laughs> like, you know, like they had, you know, that's why Paul was in prison, <laughs> you know, waiting to die, waiting for his time. And he wrote to Timothy, my time is coming. You know, I'm going to be poured out as a, an offering. But he was still writing to Timothy, Timothy, do this. You know, you stay in Ephesus. Teach those guys to stop the, the false teaching. <laughs> you know, stop this teaching that will divide instead of unite. Does it make sense? Yeah. So I, I bless this for us because... What I'm, I'm, we, I think we're looking for is, is exactly this picture of Ephesians that every joint, every gift is put to work. And there is no smaller or bigger gift. There is no more important or less important member of the body of Christ. Everybody is important. You know, and that, if you, I don't want to go there now, but 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is key. Because it says here, I'm going to just really quick. <laughs> it says, Pursue love, 1 Corinthians 14, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And, and I don't get, I don't want to get the idea that prophesying is like you're going to foresee the future. Right? And not necessarily the, 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 the gifts are for the education of the body. You know, so he continues here is going, verse 3, But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. So when we come together, we, we should be prophesying, meaning we should be edifying, exhorting, and consoling one another. We should be building one another up. Edification means 
to increase the potential of someone or something. So to me, that goes with Ephesians 4, because it's saying that this, all these gifts were given for the equipping of the saints, for the edification, so that you reach your full potential. I'm not going to reach my full potential without being in the body, without being receiving and using my gift, receiving somebody's gift and, and using my gift. That's how we grow. Edification is to increase the potential of someone or something with focus upon the process involved to strengthen, to make more able, to build up. Exhortation means to cause someone to be encouraged or consoled, either by verbal or nonverbal means, to encourage, to console. Consolation, that which causes or constitutes the basis for consolation and encouragement. Equipping of the saints to make someone completely adequate or su sufficient for something to make adequate, to furnish completely, to cause, to be fully qualified and means adequacy. You are able to grow and not only find those gifts inside of you that are forever yours, but how to be fully equipped, you know, and how to, and then he continues on in, Ephesians chapter 6 talking about the full armor, meaning you're going to have all of this in place for you to walk in your destiny, for the works prepared beforehand for you to walk in. But without this, we are always limited, you know, and the, the being carried by waves is like, it's like a, a boat without a rudder. You're lost, it's like a cork in the ocean. But without this equipping, you're gonna find your way of navigating through whatever your destiny is. And so, anyway, I'm blessed. I, I, I said this last week, I'm really in love with this book of Ephesians because I think it's, it's such a message for the church today. It's such an important message for every believer today. You know, that we should not continue to be immature and vulnerable, but we should all be growing up to the fullness of the measure. You know, and that for me to do that, I need you. I need your gift, and you need mine, and we need each other's. You know, and that's how we grow. You know, and I love, you know, going back to your example, there's not... Isn't that amazing that this little girl, five-year-old, she tuned in to this spirit of adoption, you know, and, and, and receiving the love. And it, it's changing not only her life, changing everybody's life. They didn't, they didn't talk about it at all. She totally came out. Yeah, 
how powerful his transformation is. Right. And so when he, I think what you can get out of Ephesians, because I, I read it a couple times, um, he's telling all, here's, here's a revelation that's hard to get to, and it sounds kind of corny, but everything, God created everything. Everybody, every religion, everything. And then man separates them. Yeah, and in my mind, I have to separate and be comfortable with whatever I'm deeming as my comfort zone. I, I'll accept this much, or I'll think this way, or you know. And a lot of that has to do with how I was brought up, you know, blah blah blah. And um, to undo that conditioning, I have to practice the principles that Christ laid down, which is not gossiping about other people. They're pretty simple. Right. And I'm challenged with them on a daily basis. And not and not preferring one over the other or not uh, putting somebody up on a pedestal or all those kind of uh, qualities that my mind wants to do to justify whatever, you know, I'm going through. You know, I'm not that bad or I'm better than you, whatever. But Paul, Paul saw what grace was. Right. Because grace is this thing, you try to explain it, it's kind of hard to explain because you don't, you can't get it by working for it. You can't get it. It just, it's a free gift. And, and Paul was such a powerful recipient of it because of his past behavior. And, and, and he saw how the oneness was the key to Christ flowing through everything. That's yeah. Kind of yeah. I'm just rephrasing it. If I want to be a vessel of God's love, then I have to not not label the Tongans apart from me. Right. That's their family, but mm. we're still one. We're, we're still, still one. We're still some of the you know. So I don't have to. I don't have to even put them in a package. I'm just going. Well, that's their family, mm -hmm. but I, I can be part of their family. Yeah. Yeah. So the more I can just quit compartmentalizing other stuff and just go, okay, flow through me, Lord. You know, it's it's powerful. It's really powerful. It takes a while. It takes a while to um, for me to let go of my condition. Like, oh, yeah. Of my, what I grew up with and what I thought was true. And, and here's, here's the other powerful thing. <laughs> I was watching uh, Netflix about, um, about what it takes to change your mind and, and what they found in the 60s and stuff, just hanging there for a second, that people started experimenting with hallucinogenics because it took the wall down from knowing who God was. Because there is a, you're, you're intuitively, you know who God is. In, in your being, you know who God is. But we've constructed, I've constructed my, my temple and he's on the outside. When you when you take that wall down, all of a sudden you see you. Oh, I'm part of everything. I don't have. You know yeah. And 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 I've had that experience. I've I've had that experience. And it makes sense because our spirit came from him, so it's it's, it's only intuitive. makes sense that he would recognize yes. and, and long for that connection. Yeah. So it, yeah, I, I just they were they were dealing with this mind changing. Mm -hmm. that's, that's all. I wasn't trying to go off on a weird tangent. How do you change your mind? You've got to take that wall 
yet that wall has to come down that I've constructed that put him out there and me in here and kind of make it all yeah yeah with everything not not just well, yeah, this is important. You highlighted this point again. I'm going to read this again. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You don't work for a gift. You know, you don't judge yourself if you deserve it or not. If it is a gift, you receive it. You know, and to me, this is, and then continues, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. You know, and that, that is what you're saying about the conditioning. Is that we, we have to come to the communion table with this humility. It's almost like a humbleness, <laughs> a brokenness. You know, there's nothing I can boast. You know, and Paul, like you're talking about Paul, you know, in Philippians, he's saying, not that I have attained. You know, everything that I've done in the past, I consider as loss. <laughs> I, 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 I disregard everything. My, my upbringing, my dedication, my, you know, because it was, uh, I'm trying to pursue, to know the power of his resurrection. You know, and Paul, I mean, he, he was a pretty intense guy. You know, he was really intense, and he, he had a revelation. He went to third heaven, and he said, I didn't hear this from anybody. Yeah. I didn't hear from anybody. The Lord spoke to me. It was mine, and I still don't have it. I'm still looking for it. I'm still pursuing it. I'm still leaving everything behind. You know, and to me, that's my, my, my thing. My heart is like this. Church was founded in a hunger for God. And let that hunger continue, that we never stop, that we never think that we got it, that we we are at the end of it. Now we can build our four walls. Let's build three tabernacles here. We finally got it. No, we never. You know, until we get there, we will never get it. (laughs) You know, but let there be a heart that we will, like, we're going to, keep growing, we're going to keep pursuing, and we're going to keep finding that God is everywhere. You know, I was thinking, if you, when I was in college, you know, I, we were talking about economy and, you know, we are talking about farms, and, and there's a way that you buy a farm that they would call, like, locked gate. That mean, means everything that's inside comes with the farm. Or if, if it would be open gates, you would just buy the land and they would remove all this livestock and, uh, you know, equipment. So when Christ, that's what I was thinking, uh, along with what you, you were saying. When Christ died and he paid the price, he paid the price for the whole universe <laughs> and everything that comes with it. That means he died for everybody. He didn't die for the church. God so loved the world that he sent his son. It doesn't matter if people believe in him or not. It doesn't matter if they're in another religion or not. Christ died for everybody. Whether they know that they came with the locked gate, 
You know, the whole universe belongs to him. And in, so it's not up to me to judge or to separate, because if I am a little more aware, it doesn't make me better than somebody that's completely blinded. You help them. You go and love them, and you be the ministry of reconciliation to that person. You know, but they are as included as you are. Maybe you, you, you have one good eye, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you have a little bit of uh, awareness, but that doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. That, for me, changes everything, because to me now, like you're saying, I'm not here to gossip or to compare or to judge anything. I'm here to be that same gift in exercise to love people and to bring people to an understanding of how big this God is. So we bless this. We bless this. You know, we, we, when we take communion, and I, sometimes I take it during the week, several times, just, just saying, I, I do this in remembrance of what you did. You know, I do this to remind myself that you took care of it. You, you did everything. I, I, and all I can do is respond in believing and accepting this free gift that you gave me. The gift of being included in your family. The gift of being included in this family here. And we do that, Lord, thank you. You guys want to take communion? This is, for me, is the most important thing that we can do in a service. It's to be reminded. We do this in remembrance. You know, and then along with Ephesians, we do this like, thank you, Lord, for including us. Thank you for loving us, even when we did not deserve, when we, we had no idea. You know, and then along with Psalms 139 that we read a few weeks ago, your thoughts about me are so great. The way that you think, the way that you care for us. You know, so we, we do this in remembrance. Bless everybody's week.